This is the I Make a Living podcast brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. This is a confusing and frightening time for many entrepreneurs. When you run a small business and the margins are thin, a few months of a shutdown could be devastating. We know there are many ways to get relief, like the Paycheck Protection Program and other state and federal initiatives. But many of you have expressed frustration, overwhelm, and anger over the process to unlock these funds. On today's special bonus episode, you will hear tips from financial experts on how to navigate through this pandemic with your financial future intact. And you will also see that you are not alone in this fight to find emergency funding. Today's conversations are focused on financial relief programs in the United States. However, these experiences and insights will be helpful for all small business owners and freelancers, regardless of your location. Take the advice today that applies to you and be sure to check the specific programs that are available where you live. This account comes to us from a solopreneur. Julia Klein from the Solving Me Too podcast has had a roller coaster experience applying for the Paycheck Protection Program also known as the PPP. My experience with the PPP has been interesting. Initially, I didn't think that I was eligible for PPP since I don't have payroll. But I was made aware that the SBA had released guidance that specifically said, yes, sole proprietors are eligible. I made my application through PayPal and it couldn't have been easier. And I received loan documents back from them less than 12 hours later. But then I actually had to wait for PayPal to get the SBA to approve my loan. And of course, at that moment, we also were still waiting for Congress to approve a second round of funding. So finally, this past Saturday, I got an email from PayPal that the SBA had approved my loan and that I should be expecting funding soon. Woohoo! <laughs> but now I haven't heard anything since then. And I do know two other people who got their funding within like 24 hours. I'm getting a teeny bit concerned about what the holdup might be. I don't know. Um, I'm really just going to be glad when all of this uncertainty is over and hopefully I get some money and I can get down to paying some bills. This is just one of the many entrepreneurs who submitted their stories to us. Throughout this episode, you'll hear more small business owners share their experiences. Now it's time to clear up the economic relief confusion with two experts who have a handle on how to find financial stability at this time. First up is the budgetologist. Felicia Jones. Felicia is an expert on all things money, financial freedom, and you guessed it, budgeting. Through her online platform, Keep Up With Mrs. Jones, she's helped hundreds of solo business owners to be successful with managing money. She's here to give us the reality check we need. The way I would start this is first, just breathe. Because we are being inundated with so much information now with how to run our business, how to market our business. We have personal finances, business finances, and we have to take care of the family and friends. So there's just a lot going on. And I have been just telling people, just take a breath and just breathe because we're all going to get through this. And the first thing that I would tell any small business owner, solo business owner right now is that you're going to have to start paying attention to both of those personal finances and the business finances. And the way I like to start is with putting everything into three categories. What can stay, what can go, and what can be put on hold. 
Like, keep it that simple. The items that can stay are the things that you need to pay for in your regular life and in your business. We want to make a list of everything that you have to keep paying right now. The items that can go. My rule about everything is if you have not used it in 60 days, just get rid of it. This is a mini blessing for some of us who are still, you know, not overly stressed by everything, but this is a mini blessing for us to get ahead of our finances pretty quickly while everything is kind of running a little slow right now. And then the final thing is, I call it what can be put on hold. These are, you know, I call it the fun things in our in our lives. You know, like for me, I rent my dresses and I rent my my jewelry. Those things can be put on hold because I'm in the house right now. Okay, so the first step is just cutting. Because I think we also start looking at, I think the panic sets in when yes. we start to think about how do we make more? Like right now, a lot of our businesses are taking a hit. And that panic of where am I going to get it from? You're saying start with look at what you already have and where you can pull back. Exactly. I would say look at what you have going on right now because we're going to have to manage cutting some expenses, also still taking care of our current clients, trying to get new clients. So this is a great time to just look at what's going on right now because even though we're cutting expenses or putting things on hold, you know, negotiating for deferments, we also need to figure out how long we can operate our business. I mean, that's the real crux of everything is how long can we operate right now by looking at how much money has been coming in, how much we've been spending, and then making those very strategic moves to start cutting expenses. And then especially looking at um, if we have employees or paying vendors, how we can handle them and get them onto the same page as well. Okay. Let's talk about that because that's probably brings up some fear for me and I'm sure for a lot of our listeners. When you're talking about a business, a small business that has a number of employees, how can we take care of our employees during this time? Because if, if we're feeling the stress, you know that they're like, am I going to have a job in the next month or two months? You, you know, everyone is feeling the stress. So I have been telling people to practice a lot of patience <laughs> um, on both sides. You know, employers are stressed out because they don't know what to do. And then there are those on the other side, you know, with jobs who are stressed out as well. So we're going to have to practice a lot of patience so that we can make the right moves for our businesses. And then the other thing, and I've taken a very different approach, I think for us business owners, this is the best time for us to step up in a leadership position. Um, We probably need to be a little bit more transparent with the people that we're hiring and let them know what's going on so that, you know, there won't be any surprises. And unfortunately, we have seen where people have furloughed or let go their employees through um, social media or phone calls, which is not a good thing to do. But with small business owners, this is a great time for us to just step up in a leadership position and tell the people who's working for us what's going on and what they can expect and then how we are trying to keep supporting them at the same time. So it's just a very touch and go situation right now. And it's very stressful for everyone. This brings us to the CARES Act the Economic Relief Act that aimed to provide assistance to Americans. This $2 trillion relief package was signed into law on March 27th and funds a few different relief programs. 
Today, we'll focus on the PPP, which provides small businesses with the resources they need to maintain their payroll, hire back employees who may have been laid off, and cover applicable overhead. To get clear on what this means, I spoke to Una Rukita, the CEO and co-founder of Lance, which helps freelancers organize their financial and legal affairs. Una and her team have put together a comprehensive state-by-state guide on financial relief options for freelancers. She gave us some in-depth advice on how and where to apply and the pitfalls that have been frustrating so many freelancers. I think a lot of the spin that's being caused in this confusion is actually from just a lot of anxiety and shame about not knowing how to go forward. But just know that it's a really confusing time. And I think some of the efforts are just a result of the government and others trying to be as helpful as possible. But there not being a whole lot of clarity for anyone. And beyond there not being a lot of clarity, the rules keep changing week over week. So just first know that the intention of all this aid is to help smooth things out for you. And I think iteratively, the financial aid resources and other points of help, whether it's in commercial companies or Facebook and the like, everybody's trying to help you get back to that average monthly income that you had last year. So just know that first and foremost. Given that, then actually calculate what that average monthly income was in 2019. A lot of people don't have a grasp on this. They can use FreshBooks, they can use Lance, they can use all sorts of different tools and platforms to arrive at that number. Even a simple spreadsheet of your business bank statements can be helpful to get that number. That is the number that you are trying to get back to, whether it's with clients or the financial aid resources across the idle and PPP loans, or frankly now with the EDD, unemployment benefits, and PUA program assistance. Okay, so let's break this down because in this wonderful resource, which we will link to in our show notes, you actually have created a diagram that goes state by state because a lot of people have written in and said, I'm hearing all of these things are available, but I don't know what I can get as a freelancer and entrepreneur. What are all the options? And I know the Paycheck Protection Program, it has a lot of different elements to it. It's not just the SBA loan, right? There's also the stimulus checks, which not everybody has even gotten right now. So absolutely. There's a lot of confusion because there are a lot of resources. And frankly, that's why not only have we created the resource online, but we've been doing weekly webinars just to keep everyone posted on the latest (laughs) updates because they really have been released on roughly a weekly basis at this point. And it seems to be slowing down a little bit that's a lot to digest for any given person. And so let's just do a quick breakdown of what's available out there, just because I think it's been really helpful to all sorts of freelancers we've been talking to. So very initially, the CARES Act uh, that was signed in the end of March by this administration laid out a couple different elements. And this is first and foremost a challenge because it is the first time in the history of the U.S. that these benefits have really been extended to freelancers. And I think that that's an incredible first step, but because freelancers aren't well documented and there's not a whole lot of data available about what exactly we're doing and how many jobs we're running and what our average income is, the data that the U.S. government is using to then direct how much freelancers should be getting across all these programs is incomplete. So that's why you're seeing kind of this iteration of 
things being extended to freelancers is because very real time, the U.S. government is realizing that there's more aid needed. And with that, there are a few kind of really significant prongs or programs that have been extended to freelancers. One is absolutely everybody should, if they have become unemployed or underemployed, apply to their local EDD office. That's where you can find in our resource page exactly where that resource is for you within your state and what their contact details are. For that flow, you actually need to contact that office, file your paperwork that demonstrates that you're unemployed or underemployed. And then in most cases, because of these systems being outdated, the latest time they were really updated was in the 1970s, somewhere in there, you typically as a freelancer will get denied through that process or you will get really undervalued because they're basing what your unemployment should be off of your latest W-2 form that's been filed within the state. So that's actually why then the Pandemic Unemployment Assistant Program was created to capture all of the people that were denied. So that's really important to just know that layering. And then as a freelancer, you do have to initially go into your EDD office to get denied for the unemployment. If you get accepted, great, that's fantastic. You can start seeing those payments right away. But if you get denied, don't get discouraged. Just then apply to the PUA program and then immediately be prepared to send in their paperwork so they can start processing you. Don't delay with that. We're seeing a lag in terms of when people are getting their benefits. So just make sure to organize your paperwork in advance. Now, what about these stimulus checks? Because I know a lot of people are like, hey, I got mine. It was direct deposited. But other people are wondering what happened to their check. And there was a dust up recently about people trying to check the status and not being able to get into the system because they weren't using caps, all caps. What is all this, Una? (laughs) So... This is just a system struggling to figure itself out. And we believe in systems working. Just we like believing in that. And frankly, we live in the U.S. where typically systems get you rolling. This is just the case of it truly being a crisis situation that is being developed and edited along the way. So the stimulus checks are capped at 75k per person and the requirements and the eligibility is very clearly stated in the irs.gov website Um, for each person that has is making up to that cap you get a 1200 stimulus check just sent to you this can actually just automatically pop up in your bank statement if you have previously filed your taxes in 2018 or even this year and have used direct deposit previously for tax refunds. So your stimulus check will just automatically be direct deposited into your account. In some states, we're seeing those checks actually being physically mailed. And that is just pretty straightforward. It's the most straightforward, frankly, of all of these items. So go to the irs.gov website to just check your eligibility, whether you're filing single or as part of a married couple. And then also there are very clear requirements around how much you can make. If you do make over 75K per person, then there's kind of a stepped approach to a lesser stimulus check as well. Okay. So for our listeners, if you didn't get your money, 
Make sure you go and check up on it if you are eligible at irs.gov, just as Una said. Now I want to move on to the SBA loans because this is a real big pain point for a lot of our listeners. Many of them are solopreneurs, so they're in business for themselves. They're also freelancers and like me, working on multiple projects and with multiple clients. And initially, we actually started recording this episode at the beginning where we were like, you can apply, get those grants and loans. And then they ran out of money. And then we heard that a lot of big businesses were taking the money and it wasn't going to small businesses as it was originally intended. What can you tell us about the state of these SBA loans and any insights on how people can navigate it to get to a yes? Absolutely. So the two types of loans that are available to freelancers and you know, self-employed folks are the SBA EIDL loan, E-I-D-L, and then also the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP loan. Both of these have a forgivable grant amount component to them and then very helpful term rates in terms of their interest. The SBA loan was initially the first loan that was available to freelancers and It was confusing, especially because it iterated. First, there was a forgivable grant component of $10,000, and then you could actually be extended additional loan amount, but then they quickly scaled that back to $1,000 per employee. So if you are an individual freelancer or an independent contractor, you are your one employee, right, within your business. So you're eligible for a $1,000 grant as long as you use that specifically for your income. And when you say grant, that means like you don't have to pay it back? Exactly. It's that little bit of a gap that it's going to be able to fill. Frankly, you also might be eligible to get more of a loan on top of that. And the loan terms around the SBA loan specifically, this EIDL loan, are incredibly helpful right? They're at a 3.75% interest rate and you can spend 30 years paying it back. So that's really significant to some people. If you use that 1000 forgivable grant portion for your income, and then maybe you get a few thousand more dollars in addition to that in terms of a loan that you can pay back over an extended period. Megan Zopp, owner of Great Lakes Yard in Chicago, is one of many American business owners who has struggled with the loan application process. We've taken many steps to try to save our business since the onset of COVID-19. We've basically applied for everything that we see, whether that's PPP loans, small business loans, emergency grant funding, uh, grants and loans from individuals, but basically we've been determined too small. Great Lakes Yard is a business that pays itself, which would be me, when it can, and others whenever we can as well. But because of that, we don't have a payroll system. Not having a payroll system is pretty much the first way to get denied from a lot of funding. It's incredibly frustrating to be rejected every single day. It's like going through a breakup every day of your life. Do you have any tips on how Great Lakes Yard and other businesses can get approved for some of these loans? Are certain avenues easier than others? So the SBA loan is the easiest to apply for. It is a four-page document um, through the SBA EIDL website. You know, happy to share that in the show notes. And 
It is a four page document. You know all of the information that you need to enter into it, except for two lines. Those two lines are your gross income last year, as well as your gross expenses. As long as you haven't done anything illegal or you're not <laughs> making money off of gambling, right. uh, you can apply for this and get it. What we have found is be very specific about those numbers that you are putting into that form. Don't round up or down. Don't make rounded number entries uh, like $60,000 a year because then there's a perception that that might be fraudulent. So really calculate how much you made and how much you spent down to the dollar and then enter it. And the same goes for the PPP loan. So with the PPP loan, it's a bit more paperwork. There's actually eight documents that you need to uh, apply with. Those eight documents, seven out of eight of them are things that you can readily get yourself. They're bank statements, a scan of your driver's license, your most recent bank statement outside of 2019. And those should all be readily at hand. You can sign up to your bank account online and just print them out, PDF them so that they're easily applicable to these loans. The one document that we see freelancers stumbling upon with the PPP grant and loan, and I'll go over those terms in a second, is that Schedule C form. You do not need to file your taxes in 2019 before you apply to this loan. You just need to complete the Schedule C. It's really important to highlight that because a lot of people are getting caught up that they need to file their taxes before they can apply. That is not the case. You just need to be able to fill out that form. It's a free form on the irs.gov website. And you do need to do some calculations or have an accountant work through the calculations with you because there's just specifics in terms of the deductions around your office rent, which could be your home office, any sort of mileage that you've been driving in as part of your job and stuff like that. So just get that done. If you can go into a tax accountant's or an accountant's office and just get that done, fantastic. You, again, do not actually need to go through the process of filing your taxes to apply for the PPP loan. You just have to include that document in your package. And the term on the PPP loan that just was opened for freelancers as of April 10th, that has been refunded along with IDA loan. I just find that the PPP loan, if you are applying for it, can be actually more helpful to freelancers because the premise of that is that it will cover two and a half months worth of your average monthly income in terms of the forgivable part of it. Mm. So if you can show that you've used that amount for two and a half months worth of your income, just in terms of what you're paying yourself, then that is forgivable. And then you can actually get accepted for a larger loan. If you decide to take the full extent of the loan that you're extended, that has a term of 1% interest rate. However, it is something you have to pay back within the next two years. So shorter time horizon, but lower interest rate. In mid-April, the U.S. government funded an additional $310 billion to the SBA after the initial round of funding in the amount of $350 billion was exhausted. As of May 18th, 2020, there is just under $195.2 billion available. This sounds like a lot, but as we saw with the first round of funding, it is going fast. So do not delay. 
Also, try to find the right people and institutions to help you out. Ben Yi, co-owner of the camera department in Cincinnati, learned this the hard way. We do our business banking with a large national bank. We were originally told that we needed to sign up if we were interested in applying for PPP money. And we didn't hear much from our bank after that. I had talked to other small business owners who banked with regional banks, and they had their applications ready to go and in their bankers' hands. And we were behind the curve. When the portal opened and the SBA was accepting applications, our bank was working on a portal for their clients to access, which would in turn access the portal. We were being told that something would be available tomorrow, and then tomorrow came, and then it was the next day, and then the next day came, and so on and so forth. We kicked around the idea that we should look at a different bank to process this for us, but I was nervous that it would be difficult to set up a new relationship with the bank on such short notice. My accountant had a relationship with a regional bank and made an introduction for us. We sent off our application to them, and we were able to turn around the day before the money ran out. Thankfully, we received our money not too long after the new bank processed the application for us. I saw on your JustLance.co website that you say speed is everything these days, like pulling this all together should only take a couple of hours. It, yeah, it's a matter of an hour or two, depending on how organized you are. And this is where, you know, I'd really advise people that use this time while you don't have a client or something, just take this as your temporary side hustle, right? Invest the time and the effort to put in a little elbow grease around pulling together this documentation, start to get organized with a platform like FreshBooks or Lance or your own spreadsheets or whatever works for you. And get organized, get situated, know where your finances are at in this moment, fill out this paperwork. It shouldn't take you long. It just does take a little bit of effort, but you'll be that much more educated about your financial state going forward. And you are going to be in the same position as everyone else. That is kind of the leveling of this moment in time around the pandemic is throw out that shame, Throw out the concern about not being organized up until this point. It's okay. Just get organized now in the moment and you'll be that much better off for the future. Like Una said, the actions you take now will set you up for success through this pandemic and into the next year. This is the time for immediate and decisive action, but with intention. Panic mode is helping no one. A lot of times when we're in crisis mode, we just go, whatever will get me out of crisis mode is, is what I need to do. But thinking ahead to what is the outcome of that or the consequence of that, it sounds really smart. Yeah, you, you have to, especially when it comes to dealing with money, because like you said, we are in crisis mode and we have crisis thinking. So we're just scraping, trying to get by. But and sometimes we just don't read everything. And I really don't like gotchas on the other side. So be sure to to take care of yourself during this and kind of just like breathe a little bit before you get into panic mode, before you talk to people. Um, and if you need help, um, find somebody else that you absolutely trust to get on the phone with you to make sure they heard the same thing that you heard. So this is how we're going to be really smart to get through all of this, um, because we will. We will get through all of it. And we just don't want to make sure we hurt ourselves uh, when we come out at the other end. We will come out of this together. FreshBooks and I will continue to be a resource to help you get through this stressful time. 
Be sure to check out Felicia's blog, Keep Up With Mrs. Jones, and there you can see her Ask the Budgetologist TV segments. And look up the financial incentives that are available in your state at justlance.co. If you're not in the U.S., most countries have financial relief programs in place, so check to see what's available where you are. In the meantime, are you a part of our online community? We are coming to the end of Season 2, but we invite you to keep connecting with us in the I Make a Living Facebook community page. There you'll also find helpful webinars, videos from business leaders, and an opportunity to connect with other entrepreneurs who are experiencing the same challenges you're going through. Join the community at facebook.com slash groups slash I make a living or simply search the hashtag I make a living to find us. And don't forget these amazing tips from Felicia and Una. Take a breath. Even in the face of frustration, keep calm and carry on. This is the perfect time to evaluate all of your expenses. Even if the numbers aren't pretty right now, you have to have a clear picture of where you are to get to where you want to be. Don't round your numbers. The government is looking for the most transparent and organized documentation to get you the funds you need. Do your research. There's a lot of money up for grabs. You just need to know where to find it. If big lenders aren't working for you, try to build a relationship with smaller banks, even if it's not the institution you normally bank with. And you already know this, but it's worth repeating. Always read the fine print. There's no such thing as a free lunch. This podcast was brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. Want to know more about what FreshBooks can do for your business? Check us out at freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L where you can receive an exclusive offer that's just for our podcast listeners. That's freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L, short for I Make a Living. Our audio engineer and composer is James Morris. Producing and directing comes from Paco Arismendi. And I'm your host and producer, Demona Hoffman. We will have one more episode this season interviewing the marketing genius, Terry O'Reilly, for a masterclass finale. Until then... Get that money because it's your business. See you next week.